excited to kick off our new series this morning titled Christmas Prayers. So we're kicking off the Christmas season with a, with, with a new series titled Christmas Prayers. Uh, and there's really nothing like the season of Christmas, is there? Christmas is like one of the best times of the year. I love it. I get excited for it. As a kid, we can think back and remember that there's just something magical about Christmas. There's that expectation where you just feel like anything is possible. Anything can happen, right? And so I want you to know that this Christmas, uh, that, that is possible. Anything is possible. We serve the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Uh, anything's possible year-round, but something's extra special about Christmas and the Christmas season when God sent and gave his one and only, his best for you and for me. That's something special. And so, so we're going to be focusing on Christmas. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story and really drawing from that and using that uh, to help push us and encourage us and empower us to a new place of prayer, a powerful place of prayer. That's my prayer, that through this Christmas prayer series, that man, we can we can stand in the gap for people that we love and care about, especially our families, but even taking a step further, maybe some people that we can see and recognize that are struggling, that are, that are maybe going through some stuff, that need to be loved on this holiday season. So that's really what this message is going to be uh, geared towards, what I hope and pray uh, that we step into as a church. So isn't it funny as, uh, as kids that we still do this and even adults, we make, we make Christmas lists and, and, and Christmas wishes, right? And, and, and Christmas lists and wishes are fun, they're great. But y'all, what if this Christmas we, we, we quit wishing and start praying? Start praying. Uh, and we're going to talk about really a Christmas prayer is a prophetic prayer. And start not just praying and asking God for favor, uh, for him to release favor and anointing and blessings, but that we prophetically call people out of the darkness and call them to a better place, call them to a higher place and love on them where they're at. But see that, that, that little bit of hope and, and call that hope, hope out of them. Amen. So that's what we're really going to be, going to be doing. So. You know, and, and Christmas is just that. It's the season of, of giving, right? Receiving presents are great. Receiving gifts are great. And as a kid, Christmas is all about the presents. And that's fun as we're, we get older, we get to give presents. But that's what this season is about. It's about giving of ourselves, anything that we can. So I really want to challenge you as we're going through this, this message, this series. Man, that's, 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 that's quit uh, focusing so much prayer on ourselves. I get it. I know we're all messed up. <laughs> I need prayer too. But really just launch us out of that selfishness, that circle of praying for all my needs and, and, and my family. And still do that. You know, you got to pray for yourself and your family. But really focus on some, some new relationships, some new people, maybe people at work that you don't quite gel with. Or maybe some people at church that you just don't quite gel with. Uh-oh. <laughs> And really draw us into this season to where we can make a change. We can make an impact. Maybe we can answer somebody's prayer. Maybe we can be the answered prayer for somebody this Christmas. Amen? This is the season of giving. So did everybody get a snowflake? All right, I'm going to go ahead and explain these for us this morning. So we want to do something cool and different and fun this Christmas. So we've never done this. And so what we want you to do this morning, uh, we want you just to write your name on these snowflakes. Uh, and so these snowflakes are going to signify a prayer, a certain prayer for someone, something, healing for somebody, a relationship, 
uh, something significant, something that you probably already know what it is in your heart as soon as I said it. If it's, if it's that major, if it's the Holy Spirit showed it to you that quick, that's the thing that you know you need to pray for. And so this is going to signify that prayer through this whole message through the month of, of December through our Christmas season. And each, uh, each service to here through Christmas, uh, you know how we have our last worship song at, at the end of our service every week? That is really going to be geared towards prayer time for our snowflakes. And what we're going to do today uh, during that time of worship, our last song, we're going to let you all come and hang your snowflakes in one of these trees. Okay? And so these snowflakes are going to be, you, you are laying this prayer or prayers before the Lord. We're literally coming to the altar, and we're going to hang it in the tree, and they're going to sit there. And we're going to pray for them every week. We really wanted to give you all two snowflakes, and you're going to keep one and, and keep adding to your prayer list on one in your Bible. You keep it and then hang one, but we didn't order enough snowflakes. So sorry, that's our fault. So for now, and we might get more next week. If we do, we're going to give you another one next week, and y'all can keep adding and keep that in your Bible, and you can have that to pray over in your quiet time and, and that. Does that make sense? But well, we really wanted to do something special and something where you actually take a step of faith. You're saying, God, you know, you know what this is, and, I, and I'm, I'm putting it before you, God, and I'm going to pray for this every week. Okay? I got Pastor Ian, and I actually I put a Bible verse on mine. If, if you got a Bible verse that you want to put on there, feel free to do that. We just don't want you to put the prayer request on there because, you know, maybe people might see it and you just don't want to put your junk out there. So, but do you know when you pray the, the, the Word of God with your prayer, when you lace your prayer with the Word of God, things can happen. Things can change. Amen? So I hope you're excited for that. Is everybody ready for that? Does that, that sound good? Is that okay? Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Well, let's go ahead. Let's, let's kick this thing off. Our TVs are working, praise God. So Christmas prayers, let's look at our first point. So what, what are Christmas prayers? What is a Christmas prayer? Christmas prayers are prayers scripted from the Christmas story. The scripture, scriptures, become the script of our prayers. So that's really what we want to do. We want to look at and pull out of the Christmas story, out of the Gospels, the essentials, and we really want to use that scripture. How can we use that scripture, those scriptures, and apply it to my life to make that the script of our prayers for the people that we're praying for? How can I pray the will and the ways of God, the word of God, over the people I love and care about? To, to bring them higher, to call them out. So, and there's really, there's nothing like the Christmas story, is there? You can't make uh, this stuff up, the signs, the miracles, the wonders of the Christmas story, the, the, the beauty of it all. God uh, sending his perfect one and only son uh, to be born through, uh, through a virgin. Born in a, in a manger. And, and the signs and the miracles and wonders that, through the, the, the three wise men that brought gifts. And, and the signs in the sky that they saw to navigate it and find uh, Jesus. Lying in a manger, there's, 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 there's nothing like the Christmas story. So that's our prayer, is that we, we use this story that's like no other to help us become the, the, the script, the scriptures become our script for our prayer language, for how we're, we're stepping out of faith and praying uh, for, for others. Amen. And when we pray God's word, like I said, there's nothing like when we can lace our prayers with his word. That, and speaking of his word, let's go ahead. Uh, and look at his word right there, Luke 2, 
1 through 7. And I really want to encourage y'all, you know, this is Christmas, Christmas time and Christmas season. Anyone got some great uh, traditions in your family that you do on Christmas? You know, one of our family traditions that we do every Christmas is we read the Christmas story before we open any presents. And actually, that's a, a tradition that's been passed down from her parents uh, through my wife, Jessica. But this will be our fourth Christmas or fifth, our fourth Christmas already. And so when we get out, we make coffee, we get the dogs and their sweaters. And before we open any gifts or all that stuff, we open God's word. And we read, we read this account out of Luke, the, the Christmas story. We pray and we talk about it. And we thank God for it. Uh, and then we celebrate the rest of our Christmas morning. But I really want to encourage you and challenge you. If you don't have a Christmas tradition, Christmas traditions, man, let's use this season to make some, some good ones. Some healthy ones, amen? Sorry, that was a little uh, bunny trail, rabbit trail. Anyway, so Luke 2, uh, 1 through 7. It says, at the time of the Roman uh, emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quinarius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, excuse me, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took, say took, with him Mary, uh, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for their baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Let's roll right on to skip on ahead there to Luke 2, 21. It says, eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus. The name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. And so this is the Christmas story, essentially the, the beginning of the Christmas story. You know, every story has a beginning and an end. So this is the beginning of the story where we find Joseph and Mary really kind of hiding out on the run, trying to birth the Savior of the world. The enemy was trying to do whatever he could to stop the mission of God, right? Praise God, the mission was fulfilled. But, so the Lord was just showing me, the Holy Spirit was showing me as I was getting ready, studying, preparing uh, for today, for the message. You know, every story has to start somewhere. So we, we start here with the Christmas story, the story of Jesus. So I want to challenge you, what stories in your life or what stories for other people that you know, love, and care about, what stories have yet to begin, have yet to been, have started being written because we haven't stepped out in faith or stepped out in a place of prayer for others. Because someone else's story, the start of their story, might hinge on us stepping out in faith, loving on them, uh, sharing something about uh, Jesus with them, share, inviting them to church, beginning to pray in our quiet time, for them to call out and prophesy, which we're going to look at and talk about here in a moment, what a Christmas prayer really is and looks like and how we can tap into that. And what ha would happen if we was able to do that in such a, a, a way that you're only called and anointed to do in your own way where we could begin to write the beginning of someone else's new story? 
A story of hope. A story of love. A story where we can look back and say, oh, I remember when that happened. My life began to change. Y'all, we can do that this Christmas. That can happen this Christmas. And so that's really what we're going to do as we look at the Christmas story. And we hope and pray that that Christmas story begins to help us pray in a new powerful way. Let's go ahead and look at that next point. So Christmas prayers are prophetic prayers. Say prophetic. Y'all sound good this morning. They named Jesus, the name given by the angel. His name was a prophetic declaration. And maybe y'all haven't noticed this or or read this or picked up on this. Within the Christmas story, we're going to go ahead and read the Christmas story out of the account of Matthew here in a second. That the angel actually appeared to Joseph first before Jesus was, was born and came into the world. And he told Joseph, you are to name this son, this boy, Jesus. Isn't it funny how God entrusts his perfect will, his perfect ways uh, to humans like you and, and me? The angel was prophesying and declaring and decreeing what was supposed to happen, but it still hinged on the fact that Joseph had to be obedient by his faith. God knew who Jesus was. God knew who he wanted to call him. God knew what he was going to name him. But he still put all that responsibility on a man like you and like me. And so it's so important that we recognize and see that, that 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 power of God is within you and me. We can name things what God names things. And it's important that we begin to do that, to speak and name people and places and things on what God says that they are and not name them and start saying things that the world says that they are or what the world sees and thinks that they are. And so they named him Jesus, the name given by the angel, and his name was a prophetic declaration. Let's go ahead and see this and look at this out of Matthew 1, 18 through 25. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, And did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Y'all know that's a pretty big deal. Uh, When someone who is a virgin just becomes pregnant. And Joseph, I can't imagine what maybe was really going on in his mind, but he was a man of faith. And so he did what the Lord asked him to do. There, verse 20 says, As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Really, I believe to confirm to Joseph that this is my son. This isn't crazy talk. She really is a virgin. She ain't out there cheating on you. She's she's special. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. There it is. He ahead of time, before the baby is born, the angel appears to Joseph And Joseph handles that pretty good too. If an angel appeared to me, I think I might freak out a little bit. (laughs) He's cool, calm, collected. And he says, you are to name him Jesus. Verse 21. I'm sorry, verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. 
Look, the virgin will conceive of a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Say Emmanuel, which means God with us. Y'all know God is here. He's with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And then Joseph named him Jesus. And then Joseph named him Jesus. God had to call and prophesy Jesus' name first. He entrusted it to, to men and women like you and me to fulfill his will and call and plan for his son. For Joseph to name Jesus, Jesus. In the same way, you and I have to begin uh, stepping out in faith and calling uh, people up and, and raising people up and calling people and places and things what God called them first. God called Jesus, Jesus first before he became. And so you and I have to begin... Uh, calling these, 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 the best things out of people and calling them what God called them first, not based on what they may look like right now, how they're acting right now, what they've done right now, what they've done yesterday. Prophetic prayers decree and establish God's will, God's ways. God's promises. When we call things and people and places what God calls them, y'all, they're healed. By His stripes, we're healed. They're, they're made free. His, his burden is light and his, his yoke is easy. They can be made free and whole. And they're called and they're anointed. And they're gifted and they have talents. And so we have to step into that. Prophetic prayers declare identity over activity. Our prophetic prayers have to call out the identity of Christ within the people we come in contact with. Not over the activity of what they're doing. Of the types of sins that they're involved in. Because we've all fallen short. I'm the first to raise both hands. Y'all know a lot of my testimony. And so somebody, in order to get Ian to where he is now, somebody had to prophetically stand in the gap, pray, call out, love on me, where I was, and begin to call the identity of Christ out in me to see it fulfilled in the world. And it's the same way. God calls us to do the same thing for people that we love and care about. You know, I know you ain't struggling doing this over your kids and over your husbands and over your wives and over your moms and dads. I feel like this Christmas season, God wants us to maybe break out of that shell a little bit and, and start calling this out and praying over these maybe people that we don't quite get along with because God, they're still children of God, are they not? They're still favored. They still have a call. They still have a plan. They're still promised eternal life. If they still have breath in their life today, then they have a chance to accept Christ in their life. They can change for, for His glory. God's going to change them for His glory. And you know, we have to be a, 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 an instrument of righteousness, 
a trumpet of truth for the world to hear. So as we're praying, we have to be calling out those, those best things and people and places and things. Let's read that next point. So Christmas prayers are prophetic prayers. They call those things that do not exist as though they did. They create, say create, your desired future. So that's exactly what being uh, prophetic, walking in the prophetic as you pray prophetically. If you haven't done that, I'm a challenge. maybe this is a challenge in itself in this message if you've never prayed prophetically. Do you know you have the power to do that, to, to pray and, and prophesy and declare things that are not as though that they are? A few weeks back, we, we studied a message on the power of our words. Y'all remember we studied Genesis and, and as God was hovered over the deep, there was literally nothing and what did God do with a few still small words? He said, let there be light. He created nothing from everything as though nothing actually existed, but with his words, everything came into an existence. And so in the same way as we're, we're loving on people and we're, and we're standing in the gap for people and we're believing beside people and for people and with people, we have to begin to speak life and, and speak as though these things that they're struggling with, the things that they're going through is painful. We can come alongside them, encourage them, and say, you can trust, you can have faith, God's got you. I don't know how he's going to, but you can trust that he's going to see this through. We have to speak uh, with expectation, with, with faith, and with love that God can create everything from nothing. We speak as though uh, what is not there will be there. We have to create our desired future. You can speak your destination. Let's read Romans 4.17. It says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Paul is referencing the story of Abram or Abraham out of the account of, of Genesis. And I'm actually going to read that too with us here in a moment. That's what he, he, he's talking about here. And he says, In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and cause those things which do not exist as though they did. That's exactly what, what God does. He, he, he creates everything from nothing. And, and, and us knowing the hope that is in Christ, we were once dead and we are now alive in Christ, we know exactly what God has done through us and for us, right? So we have to do that uh, and, and help others along their path as they are are trying to find their desired future and destination as well. There's nothing better than the church coming together trying to find its destination. The, the true north, following Jesus, what he says, who he is, what are we really doing for the kingdom? This is an extra scripture y'all don't have, but if you're taking notes, jot it down. I want you to go check it out for yourself. Uh, when you get home or, or later this week in your quiet time, it comes out of Genesis 17, 1 through 6. This is the story of Abraham that Paul was referencing there in Romans. So Genesis 17, 1 through 6, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell down on his face into the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. 
What's more, I am changing your name. Has anybody had the Lord change your name? Any prodigal sons or daughters in the house? I feel and know in my spirit that God literally changed my name. He brought me from a pig pen to living the life that I'm living now. He changed my name. And if he did it for me, he can do it for anybody. But what he says is, he says, what's more, I'm changing your name. It'll no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them all. If you translate Abraham into the old Hebrew-Greek, it translates literally into father of many nations. God changed Abram to his name, meaning the father of many nations. So here's how God works. Here's how God prophesies, declares his word, his will, his ways into the world. Every time Abraham went somewhere to a party, to, to a group of people, or he was in the shopping market, wherever he was, he met somebody new and they said, yeah, hi, my name's so-and-so. He said, hi, my name's the father of many nations. Your name's what? My name's the father of many nations. God was declaring, prophesying his will, his promises, his words over Abraham. And as every time he said it, every time he spoke it, I could see him getting stronger and more faith-filled and, and, and the promise actually coming into place, actually happening. And so we get to do that for others this Christmas season. I hope that you do. I hope that you can begin to start speaking this, this way over your family, over the people you love, over the people that you care about, family, friends, even over yourself if you have to sometimes. And begin to say, you know what? I'm called. I'm anointed. I'm the first, not the last. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm blessed coming and going. I'm favored. I'm anointed to do what only I'm anointed to do. I said the Lord changed my name. You know, my name's Ian, and I've always been Ian. But I like to think of, you know, Ian out there living for himself in his sin, messed up, jacked up, deceived by himself, deceived by the world. And a few years ago, I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I, was, I just went and looked my name up and studied it out. And you know what Ian literally means? Anointed gift of God. <laughs> That's a pretty good name. Study your name out. So you know what I do when I'm having a tough day sometimes? No, I go back to I say, you know what? God, I am anointed gift from you. God, I'm going to let your light shine. God, what can I accomplish? Yeah, it might get tough. might get rocky. God, but I'm standing on who you called me to be. Amen? Let's read Psalms 37.4. Y'all probably know this one. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So we have to pray what we want, not what we got. We have to pray and speak where we're going, what we want, not, not what we have, what we don't have. Because the scripture says, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. But you have to delight yourself in the Lord first. And, and I said this morning, uh, to write a scripture on your snowflake because you know what? When, you, uh, when your desires are the same as the Lord's, when you're praying God's word 
over the situation that you're praying for, guess what? It pleases him to give you the desires of your heart because your heart is the same as his. And so delight yourself first in the Lord and he will give you the desires. The things that you're praying about, the, 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 the worries and things of life that, are, that you are on your knees praying for, your kids, your grandkids, whatever it is, uh, healing for somebody, somebody maybe who has cancer, God forbid, or, or other sorts of illnesses, or a relationship that you feel like you know, ended in a bad way, really pray about that thing first. <laughs> Relationships. If God is calling you to restore that thing or not. Let's read John 15, 7. It says, I love this. I love this scripture. It's Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So not only do we have to pray uh, what we want and where we're going, not what we have and what we don't have. Y'all, we have to pray the solution, not the problem. We have to pray the solution. And let me tell you something. Y'all, if you are abiding in him, if you are abiding in the best of the best of the best of the best, do you know that you're connected, abiding in the solution? Jesus is the answer to every single problem the world has to offer. Every single sin issue, every single personal, spiritual issue, he is the cure, he is the answer, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you're connected to him, to that thing, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the, the answer to your problem is probably right there. Don't be discouraged, though. If you can't see it, you can't feel it, you're worn out, you don't know what to do, you don't know where your next step is, keep abiding in him. He's, he's the vine, he's the lifeblood, we're merely just the branches, but if you're connected to him, he will show you a way. He will answer your prayers. He's got you. You're connected to the best of the best of the best. Amen? So we got to pray what we want, not what we got. We got to pray the pro we got to pray the solution, not the problem. Y'all, we abide in the solution. Write that down. You abide in the solution of your problem. Can we get uh, the worship team to make their way? Let's look at that last point for us this morning. So Christmas prayers are prophetic prayers. They build up, encourage, and comfort. They give life and not death. Prophetic prayers, they build up, they encourage, they comfort, and they give life, not death. Y'all, we have to call out the goodness in the darkness. Any ounce of goodness that you see, you've got to call that thing forth. You've got to draw it out or wherever you're at, whoever you're talking to, you got to be the light of Christ first because you can't call something out if you're not loaded over that thing yourself. If, if you're abiding in Him, you have the ability to call the light out on the darkness. But I want to show you that your prophetic prayers, they build up in courage, they comfort, they, they, they strengthen. Has anybody ever been to a, like a prophetic prayer service or had anybody ever prophetically pray over you? Amen, a couple hands. Isn't that so awesome? You ever got a word from heaven? God 
sent that word through a man like a man or woman like you and I. But what happened when you got that word? That word was such a timely word that began to pray and prophesy and decree. And you're thinking, he's praying the answer to my problem right now. He's confirming that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. He's confirming that I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm where I'm supposed to be. What happened? You were comforted. You were encouraged. You were lifted up. You were, giving, you were given extra life to keep running the race, to keep fighting. We have that same ability to do that through our prayers for other people. Now, sometimes when, you, when you're in a prayer, a prophetic prayer service or something like that, sometimes somebody's saying maybe it ain't quite jiving, and that's okay too. Sometimes you got to put that thing, I call it, on the prophetic shelf. If it don't line up with your spirit and you're thinking, I don't know, you put it on the shelf, you think about it, you pray about it, you seek God's word on it, but there's nothing like that when what he, that, that man is praying, that woman is praying, saying, it's stirring you up and you're saying, that confirms with my spirit. That comforts me. That, that's what I needed. Y'all, we have power to do that for other people. We get to comfort and courage and build up and give life and not death. Prophetic prayers, they give life. They invigorate your spirit, my spirit, the people that are around us, spirits. It activates our faith. Y'all, and it helps us celebrate the goodness of God. It reminds us of the goodness of God and who He is. And that He does love us and He doesn't leave us nor forsake us and that He cares about us. Let's read uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3, our last scripture. It says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. There it is right in the Word. When we pray and prophesy over others, we're calling the things that are not yet to be as though that they are. We encourage, we love, we love on, we lift up, we come alongside. And that, that brother or sister in Christ, that brother and sister of the faith, that brother and sister of the church, becomes comforted, becomes encouraged, becomes strengthened, becomes lifted up. We're beginning to draw out the goodness of Christ in them, drawing out the light of God in them so that they can continue uh, doing what they're doing. Not living in sin, not doing all the things they're not supposed to be doing, but drawing them up and out to where they're supposed to go, to where God's calling them to go. So this Christmas season, we can lift others up and we can call out the best in others like we never have before. That's what this snowflake is for. I'm going to try our best to get with Pastor Keith to get extras for next week so that after you hang this one up today, you can have another one to hold on to to keep adding as we go. So we can, we can do that like we never have before this Christmas. This Christmas season, we can pray like we never have and we can prophesy and declare new life, new seasons, new, new pinnacles, new mountaintops for people that we, we love and care about, people that we maybe don't even know. We can do that this Christmas. There's no other time like Christmas. Anything is possible, amen? Can we go ahead and get the 
light stem down. Let's all just sit in his presence. If you haven't wrote on your snowflake your name in a scripture if you want, now's the time to do that. And you'll have a moment to do that here once we uh, move into worship here for our last song. But before we do that, I want everybody just to sit in prayer. I don't ever want to close a message without letting somebody respond uh, to the word that's been given. So maybe you're here this morning and we're talking about Christmas and Jesus and these prophetic prayers and all this stuff and you're thinking, you know what, I, I'm here because I'm, I'm not right with God. I, I don't know where I would go if something happened to me today. I'm here because I need God more than I ever have. I'm done fighting Him. I want to accept Jesus, this, this guy we've been talking about, this gift that's been given on Christmas. I want to accept Him today in my life like I never have before. We call it being born again or getting saved. Literally accepting the, the, the gift of Jesus Christ in your life. And if that's you this morning, I don't want this moment to pass you by. I want you to simply stand up right now wherever you're at. Everybody's praying. No one's, no one's watching or paying attention. But if that's you, I want you to stand up. If you ask, why do I have to stand up? I, I say you have to stand up because Jesus bled, died, was beaten beyond recognition, hung naked on a cross for you. And if He's working in your life right now, if He's speaking to you and showing you that you're not right with Him, but He wants to be right with you right now, if He's speaking to you that right now and showing you that right now, the least you can do if He died for you is stand for Him. Stand for Him. So if that's you, I'm going to give you a few more seconds. A few more seconds.